how uh, see- how are the accommodations this week regardless of of weather do they keep you on property or did you find a, a strip club there with with accommodations <laughs> with no windows you did your research sir uh, <laughs> uh, uh our, our our tour links that we have you know every week's kind of got our little tournament information uh places to stay and whatnot I think this week the lodge at Pebble Beach was seventeen hundred a night with a seven night minimum. So, uh, <laughs> needless to say, I'm not at the lodge at Pebble Beach. But uh, hold, hold on, hold what? on. They don't do a discount for for you? Oh, absolutely not. I the mean, previous a, winner, a previous champion. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> no, nothing. Um, I think it works the opposite way. The PGA Tour is coming to town. Let's jack it up as much as we can. So. This is way right. I mean, this is way right. This is wow. 100 yards right. Two perfect shots, Michael. Got me in the water on one and over the green on the other. The ball itself has its own energy, or life force, if you will. Its natural environment is in the hole. So why don't you send them home? His bags are packed. He's got his airplane tickets. Bring him to the airport. Break 80 Faithful, we have a very special guest who just so happens to be joining us from the place that is so special to many people. Um, but for him, Pebble Beach became extra special when he won the 2022 AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And looking at the forecast this week in Pebble, he might be uh, rather teeing it up in Fargo in early February instead. So let's give a <laughs> welcome to Break our Break 80 welcome here to Mr. Tom Hoagie. Thanks for joining us, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on here. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a great place to be back at here at Pebble Beach. So uh, hopefully this weather cooperates a little bit. Do you consider yourself a mutter? I mean, are you a mutter this week or what, what do you uh, pretty ugly? I would, nor- I would normally say yes, you know, growing up in Fargo and then uh, being down in Texas, certainly comfortable in some wind. Um I guess I don't. I don't know as much about the mudding part of it, but uh, I I can handle myself in wind, and uh, we'll see what it gets like from there. How uh, see- how are the accommodations this week? Regardless of of weather, do they keep you on property, or did you find a, a strip club there with, with accommodations <laughs> with no windows? You did your research, sir. Uh, <laughs> uh, our, our our tour links that we have, you know, every week's kind of got our little tournament information, uh, places to stay and whatnot. I think this week the lodge at Pebble Beach was seventeen hundred a night with a seven night minimum. So, uh, <laughs> needless to say, I'm not at the lodge at Pebble Beach. But uh, hold hold on, you know hold what? on. They don't do a discount for for you? Oh, absolutely not. I the mean, previous winner, a, a previous champion. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> no, nothing. Um, I think it works the opposite way. The PGA Tour is coming to town. Let's jack it up as much as we can. So, I saw today that I on like the PGA Tour social media was it like fifty mile an hour wind gusts out there or something like that today? It was wild. You know, we got here. I got here Sunday uh, with Saturday finish last week. I came right up from San Diego and. Um, Unbelievable, perfect weather Sunday. Monday was incredible. Uh, yesterday was decent. And then, you know, we've just been bracing for today the whole time. It's supposed to, it's actually better than expected. I mean, I think it was only blowing 30 and uh, raining for the second half of the day. But um, 
yeah, I saw I saw Tony Fino hit driver on number seven, just throwing one up there. Um, it was a wild. I I just hit a few balls in the range, putted more so, but uh, tried to take it more as a rest day than anything. But um, there were some wild ball flights in the range today, that's for sure. So I was going to ask, it's a, it's an 80 golfer tournament, you know, it's elevated event, only two courses when you won it a couple of years ago, a little bit different, you know, probably had to have a little more patience, play multiple courses, a lot more golfers out there. Um, what do you anticipate being a little bit different uh, this go around than he did uh, last, I guess, last couple of years? Yeah. I mean, it's been weird. It's a weird week so far, just, um, you know, it was 156 players, I think before. 156 pros and 156 AMs now around to 80 a bull. So literally half the field. And it just seems like a lot of the buzz and the atmosphere kind of hasn't been here so far this week yet. So it's just had a little bit different feel so far early in the week. Um, hopefully that'll change here come tomorrow, but, um, but yeah, still the same, same, uh, spyglass Pebble beach, two golf courses I really like, um, I'm kind of happy to see Monterey go selfishly because I've never <laughs> seems like everybody else shoots nothing out there. And if I shoot 70, I'm doing pretty good. So uh, I'm happy to see that one go. And, um, you know, another couple more rounds on Pebble Beach is always good. I was excited oh, to I'm... see that um, they gave Aaron Rodgers an actual handicap this year of like, oh, does he have of, one? Of like four. Last year he played at a 10. There was a big uproar about that. Cause, and I wrote an article about it being a Vikings fan, about how big of a sandbagger he was. But uh, <laughs> but they gave him a real one this year, I think, more like his normal handicap. How about Larry Fitzgerald? He's usually the right up there for the championship as well on the amateur side. Yeah, I didn't look at the whole list. I just saw that yeah. Rodgers for sure has a normal handicap where he should be. All right, all right. I'm I'm curious too. A, a kid from Fargo coming out to the the greatest meeting of of land and see how how do these PGA Tour courses that you dream about growing up? How do they change over time? Do you do you look at at Pebble with the same mystique that you did when you were you know 14, 15 years old, dreaming about going out for the first time? Yeah, I mean Pebble Pebbles, kind of that place that every time you're around there, um, certainly feel fortunate. I don't think that ever quite goes away. Um, but yeah, you do get a little bit numb to it, you know. Every week on the PGA Tour, is so good. I mean, it's kind of silly that you think about taking weeks off because the golf course doesn't suit your game well, or whatever it might be. When at the end of the day, you're playing a golf course in an absolute peak, as good as it gets shape that they've been, you know, building for for the whole year and playing for a lot of money. So we get spoiled pretty fast out here. But um, this is always a special week. It's uh, it's also been talked about that you're an elite iron striker. I, I think of myself the same way. Uh, Pebble, <laughs> these two are cracking up. Uh, Pebble, particularly small greens. Do you think that that's why this course suits you so well? A couple, couple good finishes. Yeah, for out there. sure, for sure. Um, you know, and it was, it's funny because it was a golf course that I really struggled at my first few years on tour. Really didn't have much success, and then um, we played the U.S. Open here in 2019. I think it was. And more so than just the iron play, I would say it's a golf course that you don't have to be an elite driver of the ball. You know, so many holes you can hit less than driver off of. When you do have to hit driver, there's some room, you know, on holes like 9 and 10. So more so in that regard, I would say, because, you know, the more golf courses I can play where distance isn't as important, but, um, you know, just get it in the fairway and get an iron in is going to play to my strengths. How, how pesky is that tree on 18? Like, like I know it's coming to, it's coming to play for you and before, but it's like one little tree out there and it seems like it's always right there. 
Oh my gosh. I've had a, I've had a lot of run-ins with that tree and I was just noticing uh, yesterday when I played it, that that tree's starting to thin out pretty good. And uh, I won't be sad when that thing decided to go here in one of these storms. Cause I've had a lot of run-ins and uh, not sure if my ball come out of that tree. I, I've got bad news for you, Tom. That is not the first tree that's been there. They have they have replanted it. So even if you hired one of the break eighty crew to cut it down, it would it would. Well, they used to have two out up. there. We're down we're down to one, so we're doing better. <laughs> Tom, Tom, Jim wrote an article on how to get on how to literally break into every like important golf course <laughs> via Google Maps, how to sneak on them. So he's not joking. Tim and I had a theory. It was what, it was. Hold on, hold on. What what yep. do we got for Augusta? How are you getting on Augusta? Yeah, oh, I, I mean, it's it's Augusta has has you know a, a climbable fence. Um, <laughs> but I, it it also it also has a uh, uh, reputation for having a lot of security guards around at any yeah. moment. So the odds on playing Augusta <laughs> with any sort of light or sunlight are are very very low. So my my dreams might be dashed on that one. We had a theory yeah. that um, since states probably don't communicate that well together, that if we broke into some courses and got in a bunch of holes that the fine we got would probably be less than the actual green fee to the guest fee to play. So we would just have a bunch of fines in a bunch of different States. That was our thought anyway. That sounds like a great uh, experiment to try out. You guys should uh, put that <laughs> put that to the test. Um, Tom, I, I probably didn't do my research here looking it up, but are you, uh, what's your thoughts on putting in POA? Um. I mean, it's not my favorite just because it gets so bouncy. And, uh, you know, we just came off POA last week at Torrey Pines that got really bad because they were really soft after some rain. But um, I think you just got to have the right mentality going into it that you know that you're going to hit a lot of good putts that that miss because they get some weird bounces out there. But I think, you know, playing on the PGA Tour that you get accustomed to every grass you can think of. So you better be able to figure out how you're going to putt on all of them. So it's not, not a big deal to me anymore. And the the greens at Pebble are pretty slopey, right? You don't have a lot of flat putts there, do you? Even short putts have some break to them. Very slopey, yep. Yep. Do you have a favorite of the two? I know Spyglass is, is well regarded by a lot of people that go out and play the different courses on property. I I love Spyglass. I would I would actually take Spyglass over Pebble any day of the week. But um, you know, I love the back nine at Spyglass that's in the trees there. Um I don't know. I guess maybe it reminds me a little more of Fargo Country Club growing up, kind of tree line holes like that. But um, I love it there. I feel like it really sets up well for me because you've got to hit it really well around Spyglass. But, um, you know, it's always the toughest golf course of the three, and it's a golf course that I've played really well. So that plays part of it as well. So let's talk about that. You know, we're let's 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 go back to your kind of roots um i know mike has some questions as a big big like detroit lakes northern guy i'm more of a bemidji, <laughs> a, a more bemidji town and country club birchmont over the pine i never played i never played the birchmont look yeah. out it's a great tournament yeah. um yeah so you, are you is it a two-time winner of pine to palm I only won it once. I lost. Wow. I lost in the championship uh, the year after I won it. So I got. got a, I got. A, I got a good. I got a good comment on this though. I got actually. I, I got two things. You played Amy Olson the year you I won, did. right? Yep. She Semi semifinals. Yeah. Okay. So Todd Hillier, Tim, you weren't here when Jeff and I were talking, but I feel like you when you won at Pebble Beach, it had to make Todd Hillier's like life, didn't it? <laughs> 
Oh yeah. Uh, you know, it was funny. I, I got my butt kicked by Todd in the championship uh, that last year I played, but uh, he's become a great friend of mine. Um, I've gone out to his place in uh, Palm Springs a lot and played some tournaments with him out there at his club he's at and stayed with him. So that tournament brought a great friendship and uh, yeah, and he, he, can, was, he was very, he was very proud when I won. That's for sure. He can play some golf too. I've, I've, I've I looked up Todd Hilly a little bit. He's like a potato farmer, like a 50 year old potato farmer. Potato farmer. And uh you know, not that impressive of a game, but he, I mean, when he was, when he gets it going, he makes about everything he looks at and can get up and down from anywhere. So uh, maximizes what he's got for sure. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm I, a bit curious to uh, going back even, even further. Cause we all grew up on, on kind of Northern Midwest golf. Can you describe what, what kind of that childhood looked like when you picked up a club, if there was, there's anything unique, if you were sneaking onto the golf course late to, <laughs> to practice or play, you know, what was, young Tom Hoagie doing to to really pick up the game? Yeah, so my parents said I started when I was three years old, um, kind of just tagging along. I had an older brother, Charlie, and, um, you know, we just ride along in the golf cart and hit a few shots here and there on the weekends with my parents. But um, it was nothing serious, I would say, until I was about 10 years old. And then I'd kind of tag along with my older brother and his friends. And uh, I grew up at Fargo Country Club, so I was fortunate there. I didn't have to sneak on or anything, but um, – you know, we had a, there was a great group of guys that were five, six years older than I was. It started with Andy Doden. Um, and then there were some guys, uh, Dave Schultz, Kane Hansen, uh, was a Minnesota Amateur champion. Uh, but there's a good group of guys just kind of hang around and play with them and watch them practice and see how it's done and just go try to be like those guys and copy them as much as I could. So that, that kind of got me into it. And then, um, you know, I still played every sport. I was playing baseball in the summers and uh, basketball in the winter and that sort of stuff. So uh, nothing serious with golf, really, I would say, until I was, you know, 13, 14 years old and started playing some of the Minnesota Junior PGA and that sort of stuff to kind of get me into tournament golf. You had a, you were a four-time state champ, weren't you, at Fargo South? Team champs. I never I never won the individual championship. Team and uh, a team championship. Gotcha. Yep. I'm a team guy, obviously. There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's that, there's a TCU pipeline right out of Fargo for with all those guys, right? Yeah. Andy Doden started and then Dave Schultz went there and I kind of carried on. So uh, it was a nice little run we had. Was winter for you up there, you know, kind of pre pre track man and a lot of Sims? Was it, was it just that you'd play a lot in the winter, like national golf at the dome or did you? Yeah, it was kind of uh, hanging up. It was the sports bubble in Fargo. Um, oh, sports bubble, yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, my my junior and senior year of high school, I started going there a lot more regularly throughout the winter. It was a good time to work on fundamentals, the golf swing, that sort of stuff. But uh, before then, I was playing a lot of basketball. And for the most part, you'd hang it up till about, you know, February or March until the golf season getting close and get back in there a little bit. Because you're, you're about 6'1". What, what position were you playing on the basketball team? I mean, it's North Dakota basketball, so six one. I was one of the bigger guys out there still. <laughs> just pounding the paint. <laughs> exactly. I love did it. He, did he beat Denny McCarthy one on one or no? Probably not. Um, I would. I could hold my own in basketball until like skills actually took over, and then uh, wasn't much for me. Physicality. I love it. Yep. So we've so we've got golf covered. We've got basketball covered. When did you start rolling the dice and and you know? Mm. Throw in the chips. Yeah. Uh, 
I would say there were some blackjack sessions at Manoman Indian Casino. Oh, uh, shooting star. Hell yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that would have been 18. I was just there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that would have been 18 years old. And then uh, the dice would have followed a few years after when I was legal. But um, yeah, there's some Fargo people that were the bad influences there that taught me that. You can talk about some that? guys that have no idea how to play craps. I mean, it's we have zero clue. <laughs> That that oh, was my great. that was my lead that was my lead in for any craps tips. I know that you don't you don't bet the sevens at the start. Uh, don't even just... don't even say don't even say seven. Come on now. Okay. When, I was, when we were on that <laughs> golf trip in Vegas, Tim, I watched craps for like an hour. I stood there watching all this field play. I just like mesmerized as to what the hell was going on. There was so you, much you, going on. Really, the only way to learn it is to jump in and play and it's a very simple game the complicated part is that every bet of the table pays a different amount uh so you really just got to play and jump in and figure out on the fly from my research you are the strokes game leader though and and gambling on on tour from what i hear anyway from at least in craps yeah i would say i'd probably up there i've i've slowed down a little bit and uh there's a few guys. Siwoo Kim's a big gambler. He's he's probably really? taken over my title from me. But uh, yeah, that's that's I like that this inside scoop there. I was gonna ask <laughs> both. John, John Ellis, Wyndham Clark's caddy, he's a friend of the pod. Um, went on the golf show with us. Got to get to know him all year. Had a great year. But he asked, you kind of know we were talking to him yesterday because he was playing playing Cypress or whatnot. He he wanted me to ask you because apparently you guys played together on uh, like Salt week from Sunday. Or, Something like that. We could go Sunday. Yeah. yeah. He goes, Would you rather have a 15 foot putt to win a tournament or roll on the crafts table for an hour straight? Oof. <laughs> I gotta think about the numbers here because an hour roll on the crafts table might might pay out better than a win on the golf course. Might <laughs> <laughs> depend if it's a signature event or just a regular event. Now uh... we'll call it a Siggy, Siggy event. <laughs> I'd have to go with a signature event then. Uh, no, pro- probably both of them. I'd go on the golf side of things just because that's so hard to do. But at the same time, I mean, shoot, an hour roll in the crap sale is pretty hard to get going as well. But um, no, it's uh, shoot. That was two years ago here that I won Pebble Beach. I'd like to get back to that point here soon. So I got to go that road. Love it. Who's talking one- about those, I was going to say, talking about those parents, uh, it, it it came up on one of the interviews that Billy Horschel doesn't like your style necessarily. Years ago, didn't like your style. Wondering who are those guys that you look forward to getting paired with? And uh, why is it not Billy Horschel? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually do enjoy playing with Billy, but even though he's got his own commentary going all the time that you may need uh, earplugs <laughs> from time to time. But um Gosh, the people always ask me this, and it's really hard for me. I need like a list of players in front of me. I could I could probably go down and cross out guys who I don't want to play with faster, but <laughs> I would generally just say I like playing with the faster players that you're not waiting on all day. Um I don't know, nothing really sticks out to me off the top of my head though. How about this I one? I... Who's the most competitive guy you've ever teed up with? Like the guy that hates, like almost hates losing more than he likes winning. Like just just grinds his gears over every shot. Just can't. I mean, just a competitive son of, son of a bee. Well, I got to play with Tiger a few times. He's he comes to mind right off the bat saying that. Um, I don't know. I guess I guess along those lines, a guy like Peter Melnati, um, I would go to. Um, 
you know, if you had walked down the range, you would you would say Peter's got no chance, probably going to lose his, lose his card every year. Just uh, I should say it early on in his career, he's he hits a lot better now. But the guy can get up and down from anywhere. Um, great putter, great short game, and to me, those are the real impressive guys on tour. Um, guys who you say don't have the physical talent of somebody like Roy McIlroy, but uh, you know, Peter's been out here about as long as I have now. This is my tenth year, so certainly maximizing what he's got and uh, has had a great career from it. Was that year with Tiger at the window? Was that your rookie year? That was 2015. Yeah. How, how you got to go through this. How intimidating is, is that? <laughs> or were you, or were you just fine? I would be like trembling. <laughs> it was, it was funny. Cause I played early on Friday and set the clubhouse lead. And I think Tiger made an Eagle in the middle of the second round to get close. And, uh, I mean, I wanted that pairing the whole way. I mean, you kind of dreamed of it growing up as a kid and everything. And I was ready to go the next day and it's pretty locked in. And then uh, I think it was a hybrid off the first tee. I hit a pretty good shot. Uh, hit a wedge in there to like five feet in the first hole. Tiger hit it to about 15 feet. He makes it for birdie and everybody's going nuts. And uh, I've, I've never stood over a five-footer like that. And it was like, you know, every it's just impossible to be still. Every, you've got you know, anxiousness, nervous. I mean, so many different emotions running through your body and just adrenaline. And uh, I, I haven't lagged too many five floors before, but I was lagging that one up just trying to get it close, <laughs> close to get that round going. Is, that, <laughs> is it hard for players when they're playing with Tiger? Because if he makes a putt first or something, doesn't the crowd just like take off and get the hell out to the next hole so they can watch oh, Tiger yeah. and, you're, and you're still trying to focus on what you're doing? For sure, and I talked to some guys that had played with him before, and they said the rule number one is if you've got the opportunity to finish, you've got to finish every time before he knocks it in just because it's going to be complete chaos once he holds out the people trying to run on to see the next hole. So you were you were a, a noted Tiger fan growing up too. When is the appropriate oh, yeah. time for a pro golfer to ask another pro golfer for an autograph? <laughs> I, I still haven't asked anyone for an autograph yet. Uh, <laughs> Tiger would be the guy, though, for sure. Um, yep. You're the guy in the range just trying to sneak a quick little photo of him as he's warming up. <laughs> like a selfie and try to get him in the background. Yeah. I haven't done that either. Um, I don't have anything good like that. No, sorry. Well, I, you're, you're basically you're, you're saying that you're professional. That's that. There's nothing wrong with being a professional <laughs> on the golf course, right? So, so don't o- occasionally, know. occasionally I'm a professional. Yeah, he's only a fanboy for TCU football. Yeah, tell us about that crazy ride. Yeah, um, I'm assuming you guys are talking about when I played Maui. Yeah, uh, and then got on a red eye, flew back to the national championship game last year, and then. Watched us get our butts kicked, and then flew back to Hawaii to play the Sony <laughs> Open uh, the next next year. There was it was funny this year. It seemed a little weird just hopping on a plane for a twenty minute flight from Maui over to uh, Honolulu. It seemed a little easier than having to go through L.A. to connect. Did you hedge your bets with with, with TCU? Did you do a little hedging, or are you just like I'm throwing all the chips in on TCU? I don't care what happened. Or I actually I haven't I haven't bet made any sports bets the last two years. So. Uh, I was out of the game at that point. No, no bets in the game, and thank God I didn't because that was ugly. I was at the uh, 2015 TCU Minnesota Gopher game here. Oh yeah, uh, when the I number came up two, for that one. When the number yep. two ranked TCU team came into the open and they 
narrowly escaped against a plucky gopher team 2317. <laughs> uh well, what's his name? Boykin at quarterback running all over the place. Yeah. 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 We were loaded that year and uh some injuries kind of derailed us a little bit there. But yeah, I was at that game, played Hazel team the night before the day before. Uh right. that was a fun one. Yep. Well, I would hate to bring it up, but you know, we you guys had a little bit of news today. You know, it's, it's it's golf, it's professional golf. There's some news today. The strategic sports group investing could be up to three billion with the uh, PGA Tour Enterprises. Just kind of here, and I know that you're you know you're not heavily into this stuff. You just want to play some golf. But what are your thoughts on uh, the the news that you heard today and and, and going forward in, in the game of golf? Um. First of all, I would say you guys probably know more about it than I do because <laughs> I've kind of just ignored everything that's been going on here for the last year or so. But, um, you know, I guess I would just say I've got a, I've got a lot more questions at this point. I know they've unveiled some sort of equity plan for the players and who know, who really knows what that looks like or how that comes together. Um, the general message they were throwing around um, in player dining today was that it's a great day to be a PGA Tour player. Uh, whatever that means. So I guess, I guess we'll just wait and see how it plays out and uh, hope it all goes well going forward. I, I, I do still think there's got to be a lot of pieces yet to come together here with uh live tour and how that all sort of integrates as well. So kind of just wait and see on that front. Is the general at least thinking by players is once they get the PIF thing figured out with live that you guys are going to be able to bounce back and forth between the two if you want to? Is that kind of how it's supposedly going to go? Yeah, I mean, I think the general rumors that I've heard are down the road, whether it's one, two, three years, however long it takes to kind of iron it out, is to take uh, and kind of make a 70 to 80-man global tour of the best players, you know, from live in the PGA Tour and do that, and then – I don't know if Liv keeps their season uh, in some other months, but kind of shorten the PGA Tour season, condense it into more of a global tour. Maybe it's got some sort of team aspect, but um, kind of go from there. PGA Tour, as we know it, I think would kind of fall more into a corn fairy sort of a feeder tour to this world global tour. Huh. And and so many of these these new tours seem to have this team dynamic. They're they're all regionally based I'm, I'm wondering tom if you were in charge of a team first what would the name be what would that name of the team be if you were in charge and then who would your other two teammates be that you'd want to bring along mm, you know i haven't given a name a lot of thought um you know some of the great names like the cliques are uh, already taken i'm so glad i'm so glad tom you can say that because i have ripped some of these names for a year and a half straight like what is going on <laughs> I've got a feeling you could go down to a local elementary school and come up with some better names than what they got. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was all just a joke on their report. But um, man, I'm trying to think who I would try to get on my team. Um, I think you'd want the best guys you could get, obviously. Um, I, I was thinking you were going to do, um, you said Siwoo was a, a big gambler. Yeah, John find Daly. a good gambling, find a gambling team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Snake Eyes, <laughs> you, John Daly, and Siwoo. Hey, we lost the Super Bowl double down. We're gonna double down. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You guys are coming up with some names here. Um yeah, Matt Every was always a good gambling friend of mine on tour. He's been lost status here for the last few years, but 
we had some good Tuesday matches going in there, but um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I, you know, I'm getting boring now. The gambling's kind of going away a little bit. So I'm playing New Orleans this year with Maverick McNeely. He's a friend of mine. Um, yeah, yeah. He's a good player. He'd probably be on the team, but. You played with uh, Harris English last year in that one, right? I did, yeah. Uh, I was hoping to play with Harris again. Sounds like it's not going to quite fit into his schedule this year. It's a tough, uh, busy time, you know, around the Masters and some other good events right there. Do the do the pros like that event with the different format and alternate shot and everything? It sounds like they treat you guys great down there, right? Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of fun, just something different. You know, we we do the same thing week after week, and uh, it's kind of a breath of fresh air to get to do something different and have fun and have a teammate. So. I think guys really do like it. I mean, for me personally, the problem is it comes to a stretch where you've got some majors right in there between the Masters and PGA Championship. Uh, we play in Texas with Colonial and Byron Nelson right there. So it's a lot of golf in a, in a long stretch right there, but uh, one that I'll certainly keep on the schedule. Is it, uh, I'm, is it I'm, kind I'm, of similar as, as like a Sadie Hawkins dance? Like, how do you just like, ah, I'm just going to send Maverick <laughs> Wheeler. Like, Maverick, what do you have to do this week? You know? <laughs> like, it just seems like it's kind of like, you know, how do you – how do you commit or find a buddy? It's just, I mean, just send out. Yeah, a little bit. And the tough part is it seems like you always talk about it with somebody early on in the fall. And then you've got to circle back, you know, a, f- a month or two later and see if they're actually going to play the tournament or not when you start figuring out your schedule. So um, it was kind of that way. I, was, I talked with Maverick about it in December. We played a little event. I was playing with Todd Hilliard at the plantation. Maverick played there as well. We played together. We talked about New Orleans. I was like, "Well, I, I would like to play with you, Mav, but I've got to check with Harris first, see if he's going to play, because I don't want to, don't want to piss anybody off here." So, uh, a little bit of that for sure. Did you? I hope you brought him out and he housed a twenty-two ounce steak in front of you first first day out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, building, yeah. Is at, funny one is the last year actually. Wyndham Clark had asked me, and I already talked with Harris about playing, but uh, talk about a backfire because Wyndham was playing great right then. <laughs> Yeah. So speak speaking of playing great, let's talk about the players championship 62 you fired. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a that's fun crazy. one to talk about. Yeah. Did you just was it is it one of those days where you're just like outside of your mind almost, just making everything and just playing well, not really. Um there were a number of factors that went into it. First of all, the golf course was playing very tough early in the week. Um, after Friday's round, it rained overnight, so it got a lot easier for Saturday. But, um, you know, I shot 78 in the first round. I had all my shit packed from the house, ready to fly home that afternoon to Texas after the second round. So I kind of got a, a little different mindset, kind of freed up a little bit and just go play and see what happens and shot four under there. And even that, I thought I missed the cut by one. So some guys had to finish Saturday morning still. So it literally took to the last guy in the course till I made the cut and even had a tee time. But uh, I mean, at that point, you know, the golf course was playing easier um, and you know, you're, you're going out there and just see how many birds you can make, try to move up the board. And uh, you know, people still ask me about trying to shoot 62 in course record. And did I know and whatnot? I was like, I didn't know. First of all, I probably wouldn't have cared because at that point, you know, I was nine under in the day going to the last hole and still was not in the top 10 yet. So it was like, still just got to keep making birdies and try and get up there as high as we can. So that was my only focus of the day. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you pulled the old Rory McIlroy backdoor top 10. You got to love it. 
Yeah, it paid pretty well. Uh, when I was thinking, you know, a couple flights for home were booked already in that week. That was a nice turnaround. That's great. Well, outside of top 10 PGA championship in 2022, your finishes and majors haven't been great. Um, have you found yourself kind of trying to switch up routines during those or approaching it differently than maybe what you've tried in the past? Or are you just staying with your process saying, you know what, eventually what I, what I do is going to work out. I mean, those are such different beasts. It sounds like, and you know, different people have different ideas of what's, what's the best for, for them. But um, what's your strategy going into this year's majors? Yeah, it's not a lot different. Um, you know, more than anything, it's a golf course fit thing. I would say that, uh, you know, if I just go through it, Augusta is going to be a tough place for me to play just from a distance perspective and how important that is at Augusta. So, um, you know, I've got to have a great week there with my irons and putting to have a chance uh, to be up there. Then, you know, you go to like the PGA Championships where I feel like I've got the best chance. Southern Hills really fit my game well when I finished ninth there that week. Um it was close to home in Texas, so a bit more last fall. Um, I went and played the Irish Open. I played the Wentworth. Try to get a little more accustomed to playing across the pond, and hopefully that can suit me better going to some British Opens in the future. I was going to ask that. Uh, the Open Championships specifically, is there – it seems like there's a major learning curve. Like when you haven't played a lot over there, you see that a lot where guys take a th- multiple years before they finally kind of get it going a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to it. Find the right formula, you know, with the time change and getting acclimated to that. Um, quite a bit different golf. Uh, St. Andrews was my first British open and it was like playing in the asphalt parking lot there uh, <laughs> the whole week as firm as it was. So, you know, just a lot different golf and, um, you know, the biggest thing for me has always been lag putting over there. I, I can't I can't tell you how many three putts I had that first open championship and uh, never really felt like I had the speed of the greens down trying to putt, you know, 60, 70 footers in that wind. So it definitely does take a little bit and uh, hopefully I'm on the right track. Yeah, because they keep them slow. Because I've played the old course years ago. They keep them really slow because of the wind, right? So it's like, holy shit. It's, it's like, well, I just, you know, just here. Just the difference putting those lag putts into the wind versus downwind, how much difference that speed can make. And uh, you got to get a little bit lucky when you time those wind gusts too. Are there, are there some courses that you very much look forward to where you feel like your game's well-suited as we all put money on you on, on those courses? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, sawgrass, sawgrass is up there with the best. So I feel like for whatever reason, you know, just the way I see that golf course, and play it suits suits me very well so i'm looking forward to being back there and uh certainly love that's our biggest purse of the year as well when <laughs> we go play the players championship there what about that wild uh what year was that when the winds were just ridiculous was that two years ago no three uh yeah it was two years ago and i shoot right there i mean i was in the final group uh saturday when we went out but uh i actually had a day off in there i think friday we didn't play any golf guys had to go back out Saturday morning and play. And that was when the wind was really crazy out there. So uh, I got a, I got the good end of the draw there and not have to play that day. Those are our favorite rounds because what what was that Jeff? Go ahead. I was just wondering if you went four for four on 17 with that, with that weather. Yeah. uh, Well, actually, no, I take that back Sunday or Monday or whatever day we finished that year. I think it was Monday. uh, 71st hole of the tournament I hit in the water trying to, get a little aggressive and go for that pin but um <laughs> yeah most guys will stand their name kind of at the middle of the green i usually aim just right of it try and draw it into that pin 
Nice. Well, is the, on that one is the is the layup if you do hit it or not layup, but hit in the water. The drop zone's a really tricky little shot too, isn't it? Just depends where the pin is. You know, if the pin's in the front, the drop zone's pretty easy. But when you get that back pin from the angle you're playing from the drop zone, you're really coming in, landing on the down slope, going in short of that. So it gets a little dicey over there. Well, as a golf, I think most golf fans, we love it when it's windy and, and terrible for you guys because you guys look like humans. You look like you look like us on a beautiful 80-degree day once in a while when it's blowing well, like 40. <laughs> stick around here in a few days for Pebble Beach on Sunday. It might get a little wild if they put us out there. We, we You know it's bad. Uh, it's Wednesday afternoon. They're sending out notifications. They're already preparing to slow the greens down for Sunday because it's going to be windy. So it uh, should be interesting. All right. Well, we really appreciate it. anything else, guys, before we let him get on his way. He's kind no, of we've, join us. We've for... taken uh, plenty of time. Good luck <laughs> to you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we'll be going through this week. We just got we just got to get you in the mindset though that you're playing Detroit Country Club this week and Great Lakes Country Club this week, and you'll just be fine. Driving, driving greens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was gonna, I was going to ask you with with like, what is slower, a pine to palm round or oh, a pro, or a pro am round? <laughs> They're both like just death marches, aren't they? Those pine to palm rounds were brutal. You know, you'd show up and they're 30 minutes behind on the first tee. And then uh, <laughs> that stretch from five, six, seven, where you got two, three groups waiting to tee off was always rough. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, I don't, you know, I was just going to say, hopefully we see them around. I mean, we're going to hopefully be at some of these Midwest. I don't know if you got what you're on your schedule for some of the Midwest uh, events. Um, I always play 3M. I'll be there for sure. But, uh, Trying to think what else. I always skip John Deere, so I won't see you that one. Yeah, I heard you. Well, I heard on, you don't like. I heard you don't like the golf course much there. But you do like the casino. <laughs> uh not not that casino. I've been uh, well. I've I've kicked them out. I've, I refuse to go back to that place. But uh, you know, you know, they kicked Tiger out too. So you've got uh, you've got some commonalities if you ever want to. They really? Wow. Yep. That's he refuses to come back to uh, the Quad Cities. <laughs> yeah, you guys. No, I just uh, think. I just think that's the hardest golf course on tour. They should play a U.S. Open there or something because I shoot about <laughs> 75 there every round and 30 under par wins, so it's not a good combo. We got to branch out our media credentials, guys. We we got we have PGA Tour media credentials. We went to the, all the Midwest, ones. So we got to come down to Colonial or something. Yeah, come on. Love to have you in Texas. Some good golf down there, too. All right. Well, best of luck this week, Tom, and, uh, yeah, we'll be pulling for you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Take care. Maybe today's the day I brigade deep. Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80. It's the gold dream. You hit it on one. Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80.